Who's ready for the word today? 1 Samuel chapter 3. Open up your Bibles with me. 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. As you're turning there, I'm just so thankful for you again. Thankful that you are givers and uh, thankful that we can do ministry together. And because of your giving, we're able to do that. And if you like to give, our ushers will be at the door as you leave today. You can uh, go online. You can text to give however you give. Just thank you so much for giving today and allowing us to do some great, great ministry. 1 Samuel chapter 3 today. 1 Samuel chapter 3 today. I'm going to read one verse and I'm going to read some more later on today. It says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Read it again. The boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Lord, we thank you today. Lord, for your grace, for your mercy, for your presence. Lord, I just pray that right now, Lord, that our ears would be in tune with you, that our eyes would be focused on you and every distraction would cease, Lord. Lord, I just declare that right now, anything that's pulling for our attention, that's pulling for our mindset over these next few moments, it shall not prosper in this place, Lord, but we're declaring that right now, Lord, our ears are going to be uh, locked in on your voice today. So right now, Lord, touch me, Lord, as this word comes forth today. May it be revelation, may it be eye-opening, and may it bring life to a dry and thirsty soul. Lord, we give you honor and glory today. And the church said amen, amen, and amen. How many of you know that there is nothing normal about God? There's nothing normal about our God. How I mean, you know there's nothing boring about Jesus? There's nothing boring. There's nothing predictable about the Holy Spirit. And all throughout gospels, uh, all throughout the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see it to be true as Jesus is continuously ministering and moving outside of the religious box. He is healing on Sundays. He's, he's talking to people he, that he really, uh, by law, should not be speaking to. And, but how many of you know that we are living in some abnormal kind of days? Amen. We are living in abnormal days from all of the talk uh, that, has, uh, that we have seen and we have heard about the Grammys this week, from the aisle of our government, the right and the left that continues to grow and win and disunity in our nation, from the natural disasters happening, thousands of people killed in earthquakes last week, from the talk of future wars that will involve our nation. We are in some abnormal days, but I also believe that there are some people in this room you can testify. This is some abnormal days. Anybody can testify. You are in some abnormal situations. You've had some abnormal conversations with some abnormal people. You, you, you feel like you are backed into an abnormal corner, if you will. You are facing things that you never thought you, would, uh, you or your house would face. You are staring at walls that you feel will never, ever fall. And Satan is attacking you and coming at you in ways that you never, ever imagined. Can anybody testify to that? I, I, I say this because I truly...
truly do believe that Satan knows and understand that these days that we know as today, they are numbered. I, I, I really do believe that Satan knows and understand. He feels an urgency in the air that, that guess what? The trumpet is about to sound. He knows that the Lord is coming back for the bride and he is doing everything that he can to disrupt our focus in this hour. He knows there's an urgency. He knows there's a people that are hungry and thirsty for revival. He feels it in the air. Can anybody else feel it in the air? There is something that's happening to people and they are desperate and they're praying and they're fasting and they're worshiping like never before. And Satan knows that one day that, that, that the Lord is going to step out on the cloud and the trumpet is going to sound. And one day I cannot wait for our feet to leave the ground and to be with him. Can anybody testify to that? If that don't make you happy, I hope you get saved today. Because if you were saved, you would rejoice that one day the trumpet is going to sound and we shall be at home with Jesus. And Satan feels that tension. I truly do believe that, that Satan understands that Jesus Christ's return is soon. And, and, and he is doing everything that he can. The thing about Satan is he has no new plans. He has no new tricks. He's not innovative. He's not that creative. Every plan that he has, we have already seen it. He is, he is deceptive. He will deceive us. And he is pulling out all the stops. He is working over. Time And while we have uh, a moment to, to reflect on the craziness, the current status of the world, we can agree that it is abnormal. We, Legacy Church, cannot afford to become a normal church in abnormal times. I said we cannot afford to become a usual normal church when everything around us is shifting. Amen. We're just, just, you know, just casual Christians that come in and come out on a Sunday morning and leave untouched and not feeling any different. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in that church. I don't want to leave like I came. I don't want to leave with sickness. I don't want to leave with depression. I don't want to leave with anxiety. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to leave feeling like I I have nobody by myself. Anybody there? But, but in this time, we cannot be the normal church because whenever we read about the first church, the early church that we see being birthed in the book of Acts, there was nothing normal about the early church. Everybody looked at them and thought they were a little crazy because the early church was baptized in the Holy Spirit and in fire. Some may disagree with this, but if you read the word, I think it's pretty hard to disagree with. But the early church was, was a Pentecostal church. It was a spirit-filled church. They were being filled in, with, with the baptism of the spirit. They were speaking in tongues. As controversial as that is to some who are listening today, it was happening in the first church. They were being filled. The first wave of church planting ever to happen in our world was because people were getting filled with the Holy Spirit and thousands were being added to that number daily and the churches kept growing. And in today's society, those people would be called Pentecostal. In today's society, they may be called Jesus freaks. And in today's society, they, they'd be called spirit filled. But back then, they were just called the church because there was no other way to have church except to have it in the spirit. 
And as time draws near and as, and as the divide between right and wrong continues to grow in our nation, the church of the end times must be become more, must become more like the church of the early times. I said the church that we are, the church of the end times, must become more like the church of the early times. Amen. Why? Because normal just won't do it. And I want to go ahead and let everybody know today that if you are looking for a normal church, this place is not for you. I just want to go ahead and set you up so you won't be distracted. I just I, 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 don't, I don't want you to be dissatisfied because guess what? If you're looking for a normal church, Legacy Church is not for you. Yes, God uses normal people, but as soon as he fills you up and uses you, you become abnormal. I, I don't know about you, but I'm so glad in this hour I'm abnormal. So often in life, we want to be like everybody else. In school, we want to look like everybody else. We want, the, we want that shoe. We want that brand. We want, to, we want to dress like everybody. We want to be in the crowd. But as I get older, I, I, I'm so thankful that I'm abnormal. I rejoice that, that, that we are not a normal church because God is looking for a people to use in this hour because normal just won't do it any longer. There was, there, there, there was nothing normal about the early church. And I don't want to be a normal church that has normal services at normal times and normal worship and normal serving and normal giving. But I am believing that heaven is about to come down in this building and disrupt some mindsets today. I'm believing that the spirit is going to fall on this house and wreck somebody's agenda and theology. I remember, I believe I mentioned it last week and I refer to it often. I remember being in India several years ago and it was a total culture shock. It was sensory overload because people are everywhere. I mean, it's like this in the streets, like there's people just touching you, bumping up. Whenever you're driving down the street, they're walking in the middle of the road. Traffic is horrible. I mean, it's going everywhere. It's just sensory overload. The smells in the street are so vivid. But the dedication to their religion was astounding to me. We were getting ready to board a plane in Dubai. The most, they say, one of the most... Uh, high technology places in the world, Dubai, a cool airport. It's huge. And I'm standing there. We're in line. We, we, we got our boarding passes. We've checked everything in. They're calling numbers for, to, uh, to start boarding the plane and streaming throughout the airport. Imagine being there, an American, foreign soil. There's not many people that look like me around me. And all of a sudden, streaming throughout the entire airport on an intercom system were the chants of Muslim prayers. Now listen, if you are an American getting on a plane, Muslim prayers is the last thing you want to hear. Can I get an amen? I'm just saying. I'm sitting here thinking, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And even across cities, I remember being in the large city of Hyderabad 
And every day as it was going through the airport, it's also going out through the entire nation at the same time. There are intercom systems all throughout the city. And at five times a day, they are releasing the prayers of the Muslim faith. Talk about bone chilling. Talk about eye opening as you watch hundreds and thousands of Muslims running through the concourse of the airport with their prayer mats and they're going to dedicated mosques. In America, we've got chapels. No, in foreign country, there were mosques and they were filled. People were lined up outside, even down the concourse, praying at five times a day. They would shut down their businesses and they're running down the streets to make it to the mosque so that they do not miss one of the five times of prayer that day. And yet we as the bride of Christ cannot even find time to pray once a day. We can't even make time for one prayer a month. Yet it's too much for your pastor to ask you to serve once a month. There's no special guests that were waiting in the mosque. There were no treats. There were no special music. There were no coffee. There were no first time gifts. No, they were just running to go pray. This this is why normal will no longer cut it. Because in this hour, in this moment, the church must be awakened to the abnormal. I said the church must be awakened to the abnormal. Because the kingdom of darkness is against warring against the world. He's warring against nations. And Satan is at, is at war against your family. And it's going to take an abnormal anointing to come out on top in this hour. It's going to take the abnormal to see victory over the mountains and the valleys that are before you. But the fact of the matter is that the world and even some churches cannot see it because we are distracted. We are distracted by what has become the normal. We are distracted by what we watch. We are distracted by friends. We are distracted by famous people. We're distracted by famous preachers and pastors. We are distracted by the media. We are distracted by political agendas. We are distracted by the idols of our land. And we are giving our attention or, or, or we are being distracted by secondary things that cannot bring transformation. Things we, 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 we are giving our attention to things that cannot save us. We are giving our finances to things that cannot restore us. We are giving our attention to things that cannot heal us. But I want to declare today that the only news that will capture my attention is the good news. Amen. The only attention, the only news I'm allowing inside of me is the good news. Do you understand that hell's army and its demons are one of the most unified, strongest forces we will ever face? Demons... Unified. It sounds crazy. Because demons come to earth to disrupt unity. But when they get together, they are one of the most unified forces you will ever meet. It's amazing how they do it. Because Satan causes disunity in the body, but his army gathers together in unity. Hell has no problem with rallying the troops in unity. Because they have a laser 
focus. They know what they are supposed to do. They, 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 they are so focused in while the church, the bride, is divided. And if you pray for anything in this day, you need to pray for unity in the church. Amen. If you pray for anything, you need to pray for unity inside of this church because it doesn't matter how good the preaching is. If there's a lack of unity, there's a lack of power. It doesn't matter how good the music is. If there's a lack of unity, there, there will be a lack of miracle signs and wonders. If there's no unity, there will be no revival. And Satan understands that we are on the cusp of revival. And he will do anything that he can to disrupt the unity of the church. Because he does not want you to experience the outpouring that God has for you. If, if there's no unity, there's no revival. I don't know about you, but I want Legacy Church to be a center of revival. I want when people come in here, I want them to get on fire for themselves. I want other pastors to be able to come in here and get some fire and take it back to their church. Why? Because that's what God is calling us to. It's, it's, it's normal just won't do it. And now more than ever, we need a spirit-filled revival in our nation. We need spirit-filled revival in our church. And a revival is not a revival until it's been in the home. Because normal just won't do it. Now more than ever, we need that spirit-filled nation, uh, revival in a nation, in a churches and home. The church has tried man-made strategies and plans long enough. We've bought into plans of growth, and we've read books on strategies. And while these things can help us for a season, and while those things can help us for a moment, we have heard from man long enough. Now the church needs to hear from heaven. I said, now the church needs to hear from heaven. It's time for the church to say, Lord, what are you saying to me in this hour? Lord, where do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? Speak for your servant is listening. Is there anybody in the house today? You, you say, you know what? I just want to hear from heaven. Is there anybody in the house that says, I want to hear from heaven today? We've heard from Spotify this week. We've heard from Siri. We've, asked, we've even asked Alexa what she thinks. We've heard from the Grammys this week. We've heard from the media this week. We've heard from our friends this week you may even looked up your horoscope this week but when's the last time you heard from heaven did you know that when you heard it it was the lord don't you think it's time to silence the noise and tune into heaven i said don't you think it's time to silence the noise and tune into heaven because all the other voices just won't do it today's text first samuel chapter 3 said now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Wow. It said the word of the Lord was rare. There was no revelation. In other words, there was no vision. God was not speaking to the nations. Heaven had become silent. The word uh, in chapter 2 tells us, that one of the reasons is because Eli's sons were corrupt. They were doing lewd things in the temple. They were mishandling sacrifices. It was a dark season, and it was as if the Lord was telling them, I'm not even going to speak to you because even if I spoke to you, you wouldn't even hear me because of where you're at right now. And in the middle of the darkness, in the middle of the silence, in the middle of the absence of, of a word and revelation, God spoke to an 11-year-old boy in the temple by the name of Samuel. 
Listen, do not be surprised who God will use in these abnormal days. I said, do not be surprised who God will use in these abnormal times. Because you got to be careful who you snub. You better be careful who you talk about. You better be careful who you stab in the back. You better be careful who you gossip about. Because they may just be the next one God uses to break the silence of a nation. God is not looking for superstars. God is looking for listeners. Samuel was a listener. The word, the Hebrew word shama can be found in his name, S-H-A-M-A. Shama means to listen. He was a listener. And the word said that he was in position to hear what the voice of heaven was saying to him. I don't know about you, but I want to be in a position that when God speaks, I don't have to move to a new location. Our service is horrible in my house. Anybody got bad service, cell service? Our internet's horrible. AT&T, I hope you're watching. We're paying too much for that horrible service. One person at a time can get on it, and it's still horrible. And sometimes I'll be trying to download something, and I'm walking through the house like this. Standing next to a window. Anybody ever been there? Whenever God speaks... I want to be right in position that I'll be like, what was that, Lord? Where, where, where was it? No, I'll be like, here I am, Lord. I'm ready to receive it. I want to be in position. The word said he was in a position to hear the voice from heaven. The word said the young Samuel was in the tabernacle when God spoke. See, this is just another reason why your children need to be in the house of the Lord more than Easter, Mother's Day, and Christmas. This is why you need to be in the house of the Lord more than Easter, Mother's Day, and Christmas. Can I get an amen? This is why your kids need to be in the house of the Lord more than once a month. Woo, I felt that. Why? Because they're in front of TVs, computers, and iPhones every single day, and whatever you are listening to is molding you. This is why we put so much attention and, and, and focus on children's ministry and youth ministry. Why? Because we're trying to raise a generation that is able to hear the voice of God. God is calling to the church to listen in this hour because we cannot speak what he wants us to speak until we have heard what he wants us to hear. In Ezekiel 22, verse 25 through 28, just write it down. Here they are speaking of Israel. He says, the conspiracy, the conspiracy of her prophets in their midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey apart. Verse 28 says, her prophets plastered them with untempered mortar, seeing false visions and divining lines for them, saying, thus says the Lord God, when the Lord had not even spoken to them. He said, here's a bunch of people. They're walking around talking about the Lord. They're saying what the Lord wants to do, but they've not even heard from the Lord. How often do we let people who have not heard from the Lord tell us what the Lord wants for us? And so often, even in the church, 
They're standing here and he's saying, thus says the Lord. And he said, you've not even heard from the Lord. And now even in the church, we are whitewashing the gospel. We're making it soft and pretty. All so we don't offend our first time guest. Also, somebody will come back. All in the name of in, uh, being inclusive. Acceptance. We have mistaken acceptance and judgment. We've replaced judgment with acceptance. And we are robbing a generation. The church is keeping a generation out of heaven. Woo! The church is keeping a generation out of heaven because we will not talk about the judgment, just acceptance. And we're whitewashing the gospel so we don't offend people. But whenever God speaks to the church, we will not just have a message of hate. No, we won't. We, our message will not be a message of hate, but it will be one of redemption and restoration. Amen. We don't need more words from people. We need a word from heaven that will turn our homes upside down, that will turn our nation around. A word that brings repentance and revival. Speak, Lord, because normal just will not do it anymore. We open our mouths every day. Every time that we have a chance. But how many times do we open our ears to what the Lord has to say? I don't know about you. But I want to be like that little 11-year-old Samuel. Be a listener. First Samuel 3.19 says, So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. And let none of his words fall to the ground. Wow. He said none of his words fell to the ground. In other words, his words were fruitful. In other words, whenever he was preaching, whenever he was teaching, whenever he was prophesying, because he started out as a listener, now he was seeing his words manifested because he started out as a listener. Is this, is it, uh, is, is, is this touching anybody's spirit? Is this convicting anybody's heart today? Is there anybody in the room that can say, Lord, I don't just want to speak about you. Lord, I want to speak for you. Lord, I don't just want to talk. I, I don't want to go around just talking about you. Lord, I want to be an instrument where I am speaking for you. God, make us a generation of shamas. Make us listeners so we can be doers and proclaimers of your word. Ban, help me out. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 10 said, The Lord came and stood and called as at other times, meaning he's heard him before. He said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. How many times when God starts talking to us, do we say speak? But I already know. Speak. Can you hold it till tomorrow? Because that word's about to interrupt my plans today. He said, no, speak for I hear you. Then the Lord said to Samuel in verse 11, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears, both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Wow. 
He said, they're going to hear about what I'm doing. And their ears will begin to tingle. He said, I'm going to do something so great. He said, I'm about to do something so profound that it's going to tingle the ears that hear it. Listen, there have been enough tickling of the ears in the church. Tickling of the ears. He said, but this is going to tingle. See, tickling the ears puts you to sleep. Tickling the ears makes you think whatever you're doing is okay. He said, but there's about to be something from heaven, a word that is going to tingle your ears. See, the difference in, in, in tickling and tingling, tickling puts you to sleep, but tingling, it, it revives you. It stirs up a dead spirit. It brings something, it awakens you. He said, there's about to be a word. People are going to hear what I am doing in your church. People are going to hear what I'm doing among you in your house. And what? It's going to tingle the, it's going to, it's going to ignite a fire in their spirit. 